0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Thriller Podcast. Today, we're talking crypto kill switch, got Twitter banning ICOs and ERC20 support on Coinbase. Oh, snap. That, and we're talking Bitcoin, the happening in 2020. Thriller Podcast starting now. Welcome to Thriller with Carr Gonzalez, broadcasting from Austin, Texas,
1: via SoundCloud and supported by listeners like you.
0: It's time for the news. 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 Thriller with Carl Gonzalez. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting episode of Thriller Podcast. Today, we are talking Monero. So the Monero devs followed through on threats to upgrade algorithm to maintain the ASIC resistance. So after Bitman's announcement earlier this month of their new ASIC-powered Miner designed to mine Monero, as well as other cryptocurrencies based on the Crypto Knight algorithm. The altcoin developers have released an update that will prevent the new device from being effective, according to Monero core developer Ricardo Spagni. If we look here at the update, he says says primarily, it might entirely be less secure, but the community has made the hard call, and all we can do is see what happens. It's the same as Monero's Tell Emission. Maybe that turns out to be unnecessary or even net negative. But in the absence of strong evidence, we must try our best. Pretty awesome. I think that is ballsy. (laughs) That's ballsy by the Monero community to um, go against this. Uh, I I love it. I I think this is the right approach. Um, You don't want to happen to what happened to Bitcoin. And uh, Ricardo and his team are definitely doing that. So bravo to him. Next up, we got Twitter. So Twitter, everybody knows, Snapchat, Facebook, they're all banning ICO ads. Well, Twitter tomorrow is doing the same thing. They're banning ICO ads starting tomorrow. And they announced today, we have added a new policy for Twitter ads relating to a cryptocurrency. Under this new policy, the advertisement of initial coin offerings and token sales will be prohibited globally. Dang. And then... um, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey has previously acknowledged the proliferation of cryptocurrency scam accounts, pledging to crack down on users or bot accounts seeking cryptocurrencies from others. Yeah, this is the entire this is the entire you know social media move that everybody's doing to ban ICOs. This is just they're trying to prevent people from creating their own currency, uh, creating their own token, and generating a lot of money overnight. Um, they're trying to prevent that. I, I don't agree with it, but at this point, there's really nothing we can do about it. It's still going to happen outside the United States. So for that, I'm grateful. So we should see some interesting projects outside the United States. But um, yeah, anyways, let's get on to the next piece of news. So U.S. Cloud Act passes giving governments easier access to private data stored by U.S. tech companies. So the Cloud Act, clarifying lawful overseas use of Data Act, a contentious last-minute addition to the $1.3 trillion federal spending bill that will allow the U.S. government more access to Americans' data for law enforcement purposes, as well as foreign governments' access to U.S. companies for data on their own citizens, has been signed into law by President Donald Trump. The bill has been opposed by privacy advocates like the EFF, which had written after the bill's passing that this final tacked on piece of legislation will erode privacy protections around the globe. So, yeah, they go on to say that this is going to kill privacy. We even have Senator Rand Paul saying Congress should reject the CLOUD Act because it fails to protect human rights or Americans' privacy, gives up their constitutional role, and gives far too much power to the Attorney General, the Secretary of State, the President, and foreign governments. But he says continues. But guess what? Congress can't vote to reject the COD act because he's just got stuck onto this bill with no prior legislative action or review. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty shady how they've done this time and time again, throwing in this last piece of legislation just to get it passed. Um, it's, it's it's sad. It's sad. Um, we got Andreas Antopoulos also remarked on this. He said. The Cloud Act passed. It destroys privacy globally, so it had to be snuck into the $1.3 trillion bill without debate. Encrypt, 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 go dark. When privacy is criminalized, only criminals have privacy. We got sold out again. Yeah, that's true. So in our last piece of news today, it's pretty interesting because this kind of goes against the grain everything Coinbase has been saying the last past few months. It makes me wonder who really is running the company. It feels almost like two people are running the company sometimes. Um, So they just added ERC-20 support to Coinbase. We're excited to announce our intention to support the Ethereum ERC-20 technical standard for Coinbase in the coming months. This paves the way for supporting ERC-20 assets across Coinbase products in the future. Though we aren't announcing support for any specific assets or or features at this time, we are announcing this both internally and to the public as consistent with our process for adding new assets. ERC-20 is a technical standard used for Ethereum smart contracts. ERC-20 assets have become a popular way for teams to quickly build interoperable contracts and assets. More recently, our Ethereum wallet and DApp browser Toshi added native support for ERC-20. So it looks like from what I'm reading here, Coinbase will only list assets after they are listed on GDAX. After evaluating factors such as liquidity price stability, and other market health metrics, we may choose to add any ERC-20 asset added to GDAX to the Coinbase platform. It's also worth repeating that GDAX will likely have more assets listed on the platform than the Coinbase platform. Listing on GDAX does not guarantee listing on Coinbase. Additionally, like GDAX, support for ERC-20 will also give us a path to enabling the safe recovery customer ERC-20 assets inadvertently sent to Coinbase Ethereum addresses um so that's pretty interesting when you listen to that last part it sounds like they're just going to be adding it to they're going to be adding all these erc20 tokens to gdax and then you're going to be able to trade and buy on there but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be added to coinbase so let's take for example tron this is not going to be erc20 they're going to be adding but let's just say tron gets added to gdax right if Tron is added to GDAx and it gets you know it gets traded everything's fine but if they decide that they add later let's say they add um, Funfair because Funfair is another ERC 20 token they add Funfair right so they have they have Tron and Funfair well let's say out of the two they add more and more and more and more before you know it they have quite a few ERC 20 tokens on there and they decide to put Funfair onto coinbase. I don't know how this is going to affect regulations with the SEC. I remember last month them talking about how they were going to wait until everything got rolled out. So this is kind of surprising that now they're saying they're going to be hosting ERC-20 tokens on their platforms now. Um, It's a little bit all over the place. I I think I'm not sure what they're trying to do here. It almost seems like they're... Pivoting, but at the same time, they're kind of they don't want to lose the foot race because we know last week Abra came out and and um and Circle investing app came out as well. So, these both these apps came out on iOS and they both hold a crap ton. Well, not a crap ton, they both hold a significant amount of different coins that you can purchase. And now Coinbase is looking like the odd man out with very little. And at this point, I don't see the reason going back, Um, especially if they're holding just ERC20 tokens. Everybody can download an Exodus wallet onto their desktop, and you can purchase any ERC20 tokens you want. They have have all the newest ones there. So I don't know if this actually helps Coinbase, or it kind of just looks like they're just playing catch up. But honestly, at this point, I'm already through with Coinbase personally. I'm not using them anymore. I've already moved on. But um, for anybody else out there still hanging on to Coinbase, I guess you're getting ERC-20 tokens now. But Lord knows if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already have ERC-20 tokens purchased through Bittrex or Binance or any other place. So with that, let's get into our interesting video of the day. Cars. Interesting video of the day. So today's interesting video of the day, believe it or not, actually comes from CNBC and they're actually promoting cryptocurrency. Strange, huh? Well, I think this guy actually hits it right on the head. He really does. This is the exact same way I've been feeling about crypto these past few days, even though it's been the red. I'm not down. I'm not even worried at all. Check this out.
2: Last time we spoke, Mitch, in the first note that you put out on Bitcoin and in the blockchain economy, your projections mm-hmm. were for $10 trillion. Does that ratchet down yeah. at all, given the the bear market that we've seen in Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies in general?
1: No, I don't, I don't think it ratchets down at all. In fact, I kind of I get a good idea of who understands the space based on the, the kind of declines, right? Because if somebody invested in Ethereum at the beginning of last year, let's say the price is 275 today and cut it in half you still would've gotten a bigger return than investing in the S&P 500 uh, since 1978. So basically calling that a decline is pretty, uh, pretty outlandish to me because you're looking at a year and a half return that's better than 50 years of equities returns. Um, but if we look at this over the next several years, there's still gonna be a lot more development that needs to come. So for example, using blockchain in a centralized environment is kind of the first step, but it's gonna take another two, three, four, five, six, maybe even more years before we see a decentralized environment where in the future, somebody like yourself no longer has to give uh, their photos to Facebook or to a central entity. Instead, you can just share that photo specifically with people, and then you'd be able to track it and make sure that it's not shared uh, with somebody else who gets access to your information.
2: All right, Mitch, we're going to leave it there. Great Thanks, to see you. Mitch. Thanks, I
0: appreciate Rich. it so much. Thanks, Mitch. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, I mean, yeah, it looks bad today. I'm not going to lie. I'm looking at my phone right now. I'm looking at my folio. It's not looking good. But at the end of the day... What was it looking at last year when I purchased these coins? It was ten times worse. So yeah, it kind of don't get me wrong. It sucks that you know Cardano is at sixteen cents. Sucks that you know Stellar's at twenty two cents. But I could have sold it at any time, and I have it. And it doesn't mean that the price of, of Stellar or the price of Cardano is anywhere less significant than it was a year ago. I think actually think it's worth more. Um, the fact that it's priced so low is just it's insane to me. Um, but Like I've been saying this whole time, if anybody can get in on some tokens right now, you're gonna be thanking yourself by year's end. That is 100% without a doubt true. And um, may lightning strike me if I'm wrong. (laughs) But with that, let's go ahead and get into our coin talk segment. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get into coin talk. This is what we've been waiting for, right? been waiting for all day to get into this. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but today was not a good day in crypto land. You know, I I predicted there was going to be four dips this month, but it almost feels like there's been like eight or nine or 10. Honestly, it feels like quite a lot. But like I've been saying, I am not worried. I'm not worried at all anything, I'm more bullish on this stuff. I hate the fact that some of these coins that I have are worth next to nothing right now. That makes no sense. It really doesn't. Because I know how much I'm going to be worth here in the future. That's all I'm looking at. And honestly, I think once you hold for more than a year, two years, you tend to stop worrying so much. I feel like that is something that I've come accustomed to as of late you know, some of these coins that I'm holding now, I've been holding for a year and a half. You know, I held Bitcoin for a really long time before I sold it. And when I look back at it after a year, there's some coins that I'm holding right now, like Stellar and Cardano, that I've been holding for over, well, not Cardano, but for sure Stellar. Um, there's, there's some that I'm holding for up to a year. and There's some other ones I'm holding for over a year and a half. Can't believe that. It's just it's just crazy to think about. I think Cardano I got here in October. October I'd have to look back at the episodes. It was maybe around September. I don't remember exactly. But some of these coins that when I first bought them they're at three cents, two cents, a penny. I remember when Ripple wasn't even a, a penny. It was actually like tenths of a cent. It's ridiculous. Now it's at sixty cents. Even if you would have, even if you would have bought back then a year ago. And sold now at Ripple, being at sixty cents, you're still up. Yeah, of course you probably should have sold it when it was at three eighty seven, <laughs> but if you didn't, you're still up. That's what I'm saying. If you look at this like in a very small scale kind of thing, if you look at this in a very minor scale, it's only been a year. You know, some of these coins have only been around less than a year. So if you look at the price of where Stellar is right now, twenty two cents, for example. A year ago, um, I didn't have to look at the charts, but let's just guess to me. A year ago, it was probably around here. Actually, let's just look at the chart. Just because I, I want to, I just want to see this. I want to see this. So a year ago, it was literally, yeah, it wasn't even, it was two hundredths of a tenth. Two hundredths of a tenth. And now today it's at 22 cents. It got really high this year. It got as high as 75 cents. And crash back down if we look at it from this point till next year it's probably going to be at a I don't know maybe a dollar fifty two dollars somewhere around there people are going to say oh man it's gone so down and it'll probably get as high as uh three or four dollars who knows who knows where seller's going to be at the end of this year but I know it's going to be well above the 22 cents that it's at right now I'm just telling you guys, because I don't want you guys to worry. I know a lot of people are holding some coins that they probably put too much money into, which is why I always say you never want to invest more than you can hold. But that's standard advice. You hear that everywhere. But the honest truth is you only you only really want to invest, you know, what what you would have spent elsewhere. That's what I do, you know. If I was going to spend $20 on some, on, you know, going out to eat or something, then I probably would just rather buy coins with it. If I was going to skip lunch or something, I'd just rather buy coins with that money that I skipped lunch with. That's just what I do. So, I hope you guys aren't too worried too much. You know, there's a lot of time, rest of the year, we still have the rest of the year, and honestly, with Coinbase adding these ERC20 tokens, it's only gonna help. And the more exchanges that come out, it's only gonna help. The more publicity this whole whole, blockchain space gets, it's only gonna help. It's only gonna increase the price. So, with that, guys, let's go ahead and get into our disclaimer remember thriller podcast does not give financial advice he cannot tell the future even if he thinks he can he is just some dude trying to save the world one satoshi at a time All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's just get into coin talk. But I should mention that uh, we do this podcast every day. So we're helping too. (laughs) Their podcast is helping bring back cryptocurrency. We're making cryptocurrency cool again. No, seriously. But, you know, we're here every day. You got your house back. If If you ever need somebody to talk to and you're worried, not sure what to do, good old car can help you out. We'll be here waiting for you, even when you leave, because we notice some people have dropped off, dropped off the map once crypto went down, and they went on a hiatus, but it's okay. We'll wait for them. We'll be here waiting for them. (laughs) Yeah, we'll be here waiting, guys. With that, let's go ahead and put on the shields. We got a red attack.
2: Shields up, ready
0: Red alert indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, red alert indeed. So if we take a look at the coin market cap today, it's going to be brutal. Get ready. So we got Bitcoin, 8,200 bucks. Actually, that's not as brutal as I thought it was going to be. Got Ethereum at 490. That's a damn right steal right now. (laughs) Ethereum at 490. That's ridiculous. We got Ripple at 60 cents. Man, that is a steal. Bitcoin Cash at 922. It's amazing to me. Bitcoin Cash only fluctuates 300 bucks at a time. Litecoin at 149. That's another pretty stable coin for the most part. EOS 5.92. Got Cardano taking major hits today at 16 cents. Um I don't know how low this thing's going to go, but um looks like it's going to go really low. I'm so glad I bought Cardano really low as well. Uh, if it gets below 4 cents, then Carlos is uh he's in trouble. We got a Stellar at uh, 22 cents. Um not bad, not bad. I, you know, I still think that's a steal right now. Got Neo at fifty nine dollars, IOTA at one twenty three, got Monero at one hundred ninety seven bucks. See, right now, if you were to purchase Monero right now at one hundred ninety seven dollars, it could seriously get up here to two sixty seven by week's end. I'm not saying that because I want you guys to do. It. I'm just saying that it could. It's it's uh, it's one of those coins that it gains in price very rapidly. Got Dash at three ninety. Got Tron at four cents. So Tron was making a big of a, bit of a run over the weekend. Um, I thought it was funny because people were expecting it to get to 25, 30 cents, and I'm just like, no, you, you silly rabbits. Tron is only going to get to seventy cents. Seven cents, come back down. Sure enough, that's what it did. Got NEM at twenty six cents. We got Tether. Whoa, 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 Tether. Yeah, Tether, because it's finally at a dollar again. Got Ethereum Classic at sixteen fifty three. So Ethereum Classic. Jumped up to 20 bucks, then it crashed back down to 16 bucks. Thanks, Ethereum Classic. <laughs> got icon at $3.06. You got Omai's oh Go at $10. Oh wow. Oh my Go. See, Omi's oh Go might be one of those ERC20 tokens you see on Coinbase. I'm just saying. You got especially Tron too. Tron's another one. Even though they're probably going to be releasing their own blockchain here pretty soon. So I'm not sure how that's going to convert, but I'll definitely keep you guys on the up and up on that because I have Tron too that I'm holding um, but yeah my Go it might be one of those that's going to show up here in Coinbase especially if it's it's one of the it's one of the top 25 ERC20 tokens honestly um, we got Verge at 4 cents staying put we got Waves at 4.36 Waves is another one too we got Our chain at $1.15 we got BitShares at 14 cents we got Augur at $34 yo you got Dogecoin at three-tenths of a cent. You got Status at nine cents. Wow, Status going really low. We got ARK at $2.69. We got Loopring at 42 cents. We have Golem at 25 cents. We got Factum at $23. Looks like Factum is just staying put at that price for the most part. Dragon Chain at 81 cents. That's a good buy. Oh, so I do want to mention one coin, and this is not shoveling anything y'all's way. I'm just telling you what I'm doing. Right now, you guys know I bought some Ken a while back. Well, it looks like Ken is picking up steam. Um, it looks like they're going to be both on the Stellar, Stellar network and on the Ethereum network as well. And from what I can tell, they're getting a lot of good press behind them. Go ahead and check out their, uh, just go ahead and Google Ken Coin. Or um, yeah, just Google KenCoin or Ken Foundation. You'll see a lot of press about KenCoin. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be one to bargain with. I'm just looking at it from a financial aspect of it. If you were to purchase some Ken right now, it's literally less than thousands of a tenth. But it has don't don't get me wrong. It has trillions of Ken of Ken of Ken you know tokens. But the the caveat with this is if you were to spend 20 bucks on Ken and buy like 100,000 of these Ken coins, you literally could, if you held it for two years, it's very possible that Ken could get up to like 25, 50 cents. If it gets up to that point, you're making a nice size chunk of money. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm not trying to sway you guys one way or the other. I'm just letting you know what I'm doing. I've come to realize that that, that Ken is a long play down the line. I don't see it going anywhere. I see I see it actually being used. I see them trying to push it, uh, push the platform forward. So I feel like this might be one we might have to cover later on, but I don't want it to feel like I'm kind of pushing this coin on everybody because that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to get you guys a gauge as to how to look at it. Um, but yeah, if you were to spend like 20 bucks on Ken right now and hold it for two years, it could probably turn into something pretty big. But then again... We'll have to wait and see. Red coin, stay away from that. That's at four tenths of a cent. And that's pretty much all of it. Syndicators at seven cents. It went down another penny. Polymath at 42 cents. That's pretty much all of it. There's really nothing there today. Whole lot of nothing. But with that, let's go ahead and get into our main topic. Today we are discussing Bitcoin and the happening happening in 2020. What is that? What is the happening? What is the happening? What what are you saying? It's called the happening, and it's happening in 2020, and I'm going to explain all about it. And this is why I'm bullish on Bitcoin, very bullish on Bitcoin. So with that, let's go ahead and jump into our main topic. Today's episode is really important and I really wanted to start off the week strong and I want to let you guys know in on a little secret. So a lot of you might not know this, but Bitcoin, every four years, Bitcoin gets cut in half, the amount of Bitcoins per block that gets released. Now, to explain this much better and more nuanced than I could ever, check us out.
3: When Bitcoin was created in 2009 by Satoshi Nakamoto, he designed a way for new Bitcoins to be distributed without a person or group of people deciding who should get them. The idea, called Bitcoin mining, was to reward people with new Bitcoin for doing the work of verifying new transactions into new blocks through computational work. Suffice to say that new Bitcoin is created as a reward for miners verifying blocks in the blockchain. When Bitcoin started, the reward was set to 50 coins per block. But Nakamoto put into the protocol a rule where every 210,000 blocks, or roughly every four years, the reward would be cut in half, and so is named a halving event. The first occurred in late 2012, where block number 210,000 rewarded 50 coins to the winning miner, but then block number 210,001 only rewarded its winning miner 25 coins. The second having event occurred in mid-2016, having the block reward again, so the reward for block number 420,001 came in the amount of 12.5 coins. And so it will go until sometime near the year 2140, when all 21 million bitcoins will have been mined. So, why the change? Why not keep the reward the same? Isn't that unfair to the miners? The answer to that question lies in the Law of Supply and Demand. If the coins are created too quickly, and there's no end to the number of bitcoins that can be created, eventually there will be so many bitcoins in circulation that they would have very little value. Vitalik Buterin, who is at the time of this episode the lead developer of the Ethereum project, wrote an op-ed piece for Bitcoin magazine and explains the need for slowing the distribution of bitcoins through halving this way. The main reason why this is done is to keep inflation under control. One of the major faults of traditional fiat currencies controlled by central banks is that the banks can print as much of the currency as they want. And if they print too much, the laws of supply and demand ensure that the value of the currency starts dropping quickly. Bitcoin, on the other hand, is intended to simulate a commodity, like gold. There is only a limited amount of gold in the world, and with every gram of gold that is mined, the gold that still remains becomes harder and harder to extract. As a result of this limited supply, gold has maintained its value as an international medium of exchange and store of value for over 6,000 years. And the hope is that Bitcoin will do the same. Okay, but I'm sure you're asking, what will happen to the value of my Bitcoin? Well, the short answer is nobody knows. In 2016, a week after the halving event, not much happened to the exchange rate of Bitcoin against the U.S. dollar. Where Bitcoin was trading at around $650 at the time of the event, a week later the rate was about $675, so not much of a change. Many believed that the anticipated rise in price actually occurred between three months and a year ahead of the event itself, where Bitcoin was trading around $300 at a year prior and $430 three months before the halving occurred. But that was a different time. Add into the mix the media attention and subsequent public awareness spike in 2017, the exponential growth of ICOs and new coins in the marketplace, government regulations and restrictions, not to mention futures and derivative offerings opening up doors for institutional investment, and it becomes quite the task to predict what effect the next halving event will have on global exchange rates. The important thing to remember is this, Bitcoin was designed to be valuable. First, in that there will only ever be a specific number of them in existence, 21 million, and that inflation in Bitcoin's economy is kept in check by slowing its distribution through the process of halving.
0: So now that you guys have the basics down, because now you guys have a a fundamental understanding of how the halving works. So if you go over to bitcoinblockhalf.com, and I will put the link in the show notes, There's right now, as of right now, there's a total Bitcoins in circulation. There's 16,941,425 Bitcoins. Total Bitcoins to ever be produced, of course, is 21 million. The percentage of total Bitcoins mined at this point is 80.67%. Total Bitcoins left to mine is 4,458,575 Bitcoins left. Total Bitcoins left to mine until next block half, 1,433,575. Now, what's, what's pretty interesting is if you start looking down here, it actually gives us the, the actual countdown to the days. 796 days, 9 hours, 59 minutes, and 28 seconds. It's creepy. <laughs> this is, what's going to happen is Bitcoin block mining reward halves every 210,000 blocks. The coin reward would decrease from 12.5 Bitcoins to 6.25 Coins. There are a lot of people talking about this on BitcoinTalk.org. If you guys don't have an account with BitcoinTalk.org, I highly recommend you get it. You can you can learn a lot about you can learn a lot about Bitcoin uh, by you know talking in this forum or even just lurking. Honestly, this is where I found out a lot about the cypherpunk movement. It's going through here. Um, so some people on here they're they're pretty bullish on um, on 2020. Uh, some people have even made guesses at 115,000. Other people are saying, you know, it's going to be below that, around 50,000, right before 2020. Um, There's some people even saying closer to a million. Um, It's all over the place. But I will say, though, it's pretty interesting how everybody is predicting Bitcoin to go up at that point. Because if you think about it, six Bitcoins per block is really not a lot. I definitely can see a feeding frenzy happening meaning that people will try to control as much bitcoin as they can i feel right now bitcoin being priced at 8000 is really low like really really low i know some people are predicting that bitcoin's going to get as low as 5000 before it goes back up but right now even getting it at 8000 is still a steal especially if people are predicting it in the hundreds of thousands do you know what i mean that's 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 a pretty significant amount, if even if just holding it for three years or two years or 796 days. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy to think. Um, and if you also think about this in a different sense, like if you're just looking at it from like just, you know, financial sense, like if you're just looking at, it, yeah, I have a mortgage or yeah, I have a car. Yeah, I have stocks and bonds. Yeah, I have 401k. At this point... In 2020, not owning bitcoins basically becomes a financial risk, because if you think about it, what 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 happens if fiat goes away? I'm not saying it will, but what happens if it does? What happens if the do- the dollar continues to decline, and you don't have any access to gold, and all you have is a bitcoin or bitcoins? It, it definitely it definitely hedges your bet. I'm not saying. Throw all your money on Bitcoin. I'm just saying that hedges your bet because even if we ever do move to using Bitcoin as as a as a currency, you know, as a world currency, let's say, and say that happens in 2020, it's still gonna bring the price up to Bitcoin a significant amount by that time. And even if it doesn't happen then, it's gonna happen in 2024. So unless Bitcoin falls off the face of the Earth before 2020 or even 2024. Bitcoin can become very, very, very pricey at that point. And right now, $8,000 seems like a bargain. I'm just saying, this is just giving you guys a worldwide view, kind of a whole scope of what, what can happen here in the future by 2020. I know we're still far off from 2020, but it's, it's one of those that if I'm not telling you guys about this stuff, then I'm not doing my job. <laughs> so, you know, take this as, as a significant amount if I'm spending the entire main topic on it. I, I do want you guys to know how important this this is. And I know there'll be some people that say, oh, car, you're just being a Bitcoin maximalist, like you always. Or, oh, car." Who's to say Bitcoin will even become the digital gold that you keep saying? You know, you're both right. You're, I would say you're both right, but I think I think I think it's safe to say now Bitcoin, even if it stays at eight thousand or ten thousand, even if it creeps up twenty thousand dollars by twenty twenty, let's just say if it if it's stale, if it's so stale right now, and it just barely creeps up another ten thousand in the next two years even at that point you would have to admit if it got to 20,000 by 2020 it's going to increase even more maybe to 20 or 30,000 that's like safe bet right even purchasing it at it now you're still making a significant gain i'm just saying that's all i'm saying that's like that's like safe safest bet you can make i think it's going to be more towards the higher end but if you don't believe me and i wouldn't because i'm not the person you should believe person you should be believing is Andreas Antonopoulos, and he talks about this event. Check this out.
2: One of the interesting things about Bitcoin is that we know what the monetary policy will be in 2140, and with the Federal Reserve, we don't know what the monetary policy will be this Friday... Um, or with any of the other central banks. Uh, although I have a premonition that it will probably involve more stimulus... and. More printing money, because that hasn't worked a hundred times, but the hundred and first, it probably will. <laughs> um, so, What happens in the halvening? As I said, miners prepay electricity in many parts uh, of the mining ecosystem. That is not universal, but it is one of the characteristics of the mining community, which actually has some really serious implications on their decision-making process, because it sunk capital. Um, secondly, we've now achieved a, a, a situation in mining where we've seen from the CPU to the GPU to the FPGA to the ASIC increases of 100 or a thousand-fold performance increases until we accelerated straight into Moore's law, and that's a wall because 16 nanometers done. Okay, now where do we go? Now we slow down to 2x increases every 18 months. Everyone can get the same chip, and there is no advantage in pre-ordering, and you no longer have to switch chips every three to six months. Therefore, capital, connections to silicon fabrication, centralization of purchasing no longer matter. And this has started happening at the beginning of this year, and we will go into the halving with a situation where there will be the haves and the have nots Those who have 60 nanometer and those who don't, and those who do not have 60 nanometer will find themselves unprofitable very quickly, and the rest will not. So we'll see. Um, I predict the price will go up and down, <laughs> <laughs> and then it will probably go up and down again. Because the primary driver of price is still, by a great extent, sentiment. So the happening is coming. I think Bitcoin will go up. Bye, 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 bye. Everybody else sees it. They're like, bye, 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 everybody, buy. It's great. Oh no, I'm not too sure. I'm a bit worried. Sell, 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 sell. And up and down we go. It's going to be a roller coaster. Volatility will probably increase. We're in a period of pretty low volatility. We have been for at least a year now. Um, where the volatility of 2011 and 2013 is in our past, we've been relatively stable for a tiny six billion dollar global currency. But we're going to see increased volatility. And so, my suggestion is take a deep breath, relax. Don't try to play the casino unless you are an experienced uh, stock gambler. In which case, good luck to you. Um, sit back, relax, watch the fireworks, and. Read the news about how Bitcoin is dead or about to die because of the halving. And then wait until right after when Bitcoin is not
0: yet dead. And there you have it. That's the halving. So I do want to bring this up just because I feel like there's not really a lot of talk about it. And, And probably because it's just so far away. But being the price of Bitcoin it is right now, it doesn't make sense to get you guys to understand that long term, future you is probably going to be like, oh, why didn't you buy Bitcoin at that price? Now Bitcoin is worth such and such amount. What is wrong with me? And trust me, I know that feeling. (laughs) I went through that exact same feeling. Trust me, it sucks. It sucks. This is why I buy a lot of Bitcoin. I don't buy a lot. I don't have a lot of Bitcoin, but this is why I buy so much Bitcoin all the time. It's because I know that feeling and it fucking sucks. It really does. So just want just to wanna spread the gospel. I want you guys to understand. And with that, let's get into the end of the show.
1: And I've been hustling all day. This
0: a way, better way. Through canals and alleyways. Just to say, money trees
1: is the perfect place for shade, And that's just how I feel. Now, be the last
3: one not to get the dough. No way. I want to bucket head and hoes. No way. Hit the street. and we break the code? No way the brakes when they on patrol, no way, be the last one out to get the stove. no way, love one of your bucket head hoes, no way, hit the streets,
2: and we break the
1: code, no
2: way, holly baron, or holly blue, pick your boys and tell me what you do,
0: everybody go respect the shooter, but the one in front of the gun lives forever, the one in front of the gun and I've been wrestling all day, there's a way, better way, looking out the alleyways. Just to say, money trees is the perfect place for shade and that's just how I feel. You know it's weird. It's kinda of dangerous if you think about it. The amount of certainty that I have towards Bitcoin, Mooney, <laughs> in the very near future, is kinda of, is not, it's not sound. You know, to everybody else. You know, I understand that. I get that. I'm so bullish on it. I've so seen it happen multiple times. Buy Bitcoin. Save the world. See you guys tomorrow. This
1: is the end of the show. You have been
0: listening to Thriller Podcast with Car Gonzalez. Remember, Thriller Podcast is not financial advice. Everything Car said likely won't come true. It is up to you. Now go. Do your own research. Listen to other things that start their name with crypto and not car. And remember, buy Bitcoin and save the world. One Satoshi
2: at a time.